Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. And we are back for another episode of On Culture. Uh, my name is Mike Sherman, and uh, On Culture is the podcast of the Embassy uh, newsletter, theembassy.substack.com. I am joined uh, today by Chad Myers. Uh, Chad well, is pastor of Mount Corp. I say hello, Chad. Sorry. Well, good morning. To... <laughs> good to be here. <laughs> it's morning. It's morning here right now while we're doing this. You could be listening at another time, but but yeah, Chad's a pastor at Mount Horeb UMC in Lexington, South Carolina, Uh, and we're going to talk about the church uh, and uh, many things related to the church uh, and spirituality, Um, and uh, uh, obviously the church has been in the news uh, in various ways over the last, well, I would say over the last decade, um, and then accelerated a lot into the last uh, few years. Um, so let's uh, let's sort of name a lot of the ways the church has been in the news as we as we get started uh, oh. here. You know, you've got the whole Roman Catholic Church, the the the, uh, the priest. Uh, sexuality scandals, uh, yeah. and scandals slash scandals because there was it's kind of one big scandal, but it's different incarnations around uh, around the world. But a lot of it, you know, is in America, right? Um, more recently, so the Baptist Church has had her scandals similarly, um, not mm-hmm. quite in the same scale, but the same sort of idea in which pastors were. Uh, offending, but somehow, you know, sort of covered up by, or at least not confronted um, by the uh, the nomination. Uh, of course, uh, Mars Hill, um, the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast was heard by yeah, lots of zillion people. people. That was very a a very popular podcast. Yeah, and so that covered, unless you loved uh, Mark Driscoll. <laughs> and then you might Unless not have listened to it. Yeah. 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 But you Which, got that you know. and you got, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, you got that. And then even kind of prior you had, it, you had Rob Bell kind of leaving his church and right. going to do the Hollywood thing and wanting to do movie and then doing podcasts. And you see kind of these, um, large influential, church leaders and then you have the the Perry Noble conversation a lot of the large leaders kind of moral failure or fallout or just kind of you know leaving kind of an orthodox you know position or whatever yeah right yeah so you had lots of um prominent people in especially in evangelicalism which you know because of some of the dynamics in evangelicalism over the last couple of decades, it's sort of propelled some people forward to prominence because churches grew a lot. Some churches grew a lot and that kind of made them into celebrities and at least in the church world and in some cases beyond that. And then many of these celebrities then either changed their theology effectively leaving the church or had moral failure. Uh, And some really big, you know, Perry Perry Noble's church was huge. Um, You know, Bill Hybels, at uh, Willow Creek, one of the biggest um, 
you know, churches, one of the biggest, you know, examples of church growth from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Uh, and so you had sort of institutional failure, institutional sort of cover up uh, through denominational hierarchy and so on and so on. You had uh, church leaders, in a sense, leaving the church and changing their theology significantly enough where they weren't going to be in the same church. You had issues of individual, um, I don't know, oppressive leadership, um, harsh, dishonest, you know, leadership, you know, the whole, you know, Mark Driscoll sort of, one of the reasons I think that podcast was so listened to was that it bodied so many of this, of the issues, uh, at least were entangled in his issues over those years. Um, and so people have, well, how, how have people responded, uh, have been responding over the last couple of decades to all of what's been happening in the American church? How would you describe the response? Um, I mean, it feels like, well, so let me add one on there. And I guess we don't have to talk about now if we want to talk about later, but like, there's also whole, um, denominations, uh, kind of departing or dividing uh, probably because of some type of authority of scripture conversation, uh, the definition of marriage and sexuality. And then you have like mainline denominations choosing to go, you know, uh, theologically liberal or stay theologically conservative or or whatever. So Mm that's, that's also been in the news, I think quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. I mean, including, including the, you, uh, your denomination, yeah, the UMC. UMC is is in in the middle of all of that uh, recently and still, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so in those senses, I don't think it's been a positive response. Um. You know, to the to the influential leaders, um, the character challenges, and then the moral challenges, um. I don't think it's been a positive response, even from from the church, and you know, not just uh, non Christians, but Christians. Um, mm-hmm. uh, look at this, and it, it either becomes disheartening or discouraging, and then you see kind of church denominations split, and it it, it kind of makes you ask the question: Well, how strong is the church? How right. what it what is the church? Is it the leader? Right. The pe- right. like all it makes you question what is the future of evangelical Christianity in America? Yeah, is it even going to make it? Is it going to last? Is it going to, you know, is it all going to yeah. fall apart? Um, and I do feel like there's a, you know, the piece that I wrote uh, for um, for the embassy called Predicting Faith. That's kind of the basis of you know our jumping off point for this podcast. It it you know there's a pre it, it mentions a Pew Research a recent Pew research study that sort of, you know, uh, outlines all of the trends uh, of belief, uh, you know, or at least stated belief. uh, And, you know, the number of uh, people who identify as Christians are, um, you know, whatever that means, you know, whatever the number, whatever the relationship between the number of people who say they're Christians and the people who are actually Christians or actually practice 
but even the people who identify as uh, Christians um, are going to be, you know, less than half the population within some time in the not too distant future. Uh, and even there, you have all of these people in that say in that group who say they're Christians, identify as Christians, but don't go to church, or you know, um, you know the, the the nons and the nuns and the ums and all of these different you know people with sort of loose tie to some sort of religious something. They might say they're a Christian, but they don't go to church, or they haven't gone to the same church, or they don't they're just figuring it out. And then there's people who say they're none of the above when asked, but there doesn't mean they're not, they don't have some Christian belief. It's just not attached to anything. And so all of these trends seem to indicate a church is little by little, you know, when the, when the line is down, 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 you eventually think, well, eventually it's going to get down to zero or practically uh, zero. And that seems to be, you know, some of the sentiment behind the study is that, you know, this is just, this is just going down. Um, and however, I don't believe that's true. I mean, I don't believe, you know, it's not like a stock price where, you know, the stock can go to zero, um, because I don't think that's what the church is. Uh, the church reflects, you know, the church is not something that we put together in order to meet a human need and the human need is changing now. So, you know, you know, we're not going to sell, you know, this product anymore. We'll sell a different product. I think that's maybe sometimes how we think of the church, and maybe that's somehow it's a it's a commodity that's no longer pleasing us, or we believe it is no longer what it should be, or it never was what it should be, and so we choose not to have one. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. It just feels like. Um, there is some belief that, well, the church is just going to go away. But I don't really think that's going to happen, uh, at least anytime soon. I, I'm not sure really at all. Um, so I don't know. What's your thoughts about the future of the church, the future of spiritual expression in America? Yeah. Um, I think we tend to, we tend in America in certain areas of culture, we tend to trend like a Europe, like a Western Europe. And so a lot of people will look at the church in Western Europe and you know, these big, great cathedrals and they're empty and this, that, and the other. And then they'll say, you know, see, it's only a matter of time before we get there. I have a theory. It's, it's purely theory, but I, I don't think America will, the American church will trend like that. I think part of the reason uh, that the, Western European church um, has turned in that way uh, is because of, uh, that's where the war, World War II, and one it was where the wars were fought. And there's a looming, you know, you and I have been to Germany and other parts of Europe, and we've talked to pastors there, mm -hmm. and there's still a cloud uh, from the wars that yeah. kind of rest over there. It's like it, it, it's like it's, they're still, it's still lingering. So that's one theory and one thought. The other one is, is, uh, I think we're, you know, if, if, if the church there or people there are a bit more, uh, kind of nihilistic, America is a bit more like playfully nihilistic. Like we still, we still like, even though people may not have a, 
solid ground for hope in the American culture. They still want to party and play like there's something to hope for. Mm-hmm. And so I think part part of that will will continue to uh, trend here. Um, I think we just face different t- challenges than Europe. I, I do think America has to look at the uh, kind of the slowing down of evangelical growth and conversion, um, and then kind of take a take a look at our situation in light of the global church, the church in South America, mm-hmm. middle, middle America, uh, the church in, um, the East. So Asia, uh, mm-hmm. and the church, the church in those places, Africa is, uh, exploding. It yeah. is growing leaps and bounds. And there was a recent study done at, um, Gordon Conwell that if right now there are 2.2, uh, and this is not church going, but it's 2.2 billion professing Christians uh, globally. Uh, if that continues to trend at 2050, there'll be 3.3 billion professing mm-hmm. Christians. So I think overall the global church is still continuing to grow. People right. are still converting to Christianity. Um, yeah. So um, I think America, maybe we might we might slow down a little bit. I don't personally think the future of the church in America is as dark and gloomy as some, mm-hmm. some say. Uh, that's my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah, I mean, I start the the article with a question from uh, somebody who you know is a, a friend. I don't see them all the time. They live in California, but he asked, like, "Are you worried about the church?" And this is somebody who used to go to an evangelical church and no, and no longer does and didn't at the time. Um, and that really was part of my answer, you know, that the church in America is experiencing its issues. And, you know, I've got a, you know, a few more things to say about that, I think. But, but you know, the church globally is not, uh, you know, declining. And, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a sense in which in America, how do you measure the strength of the church? And I think one of the things that, this, the church growth movement, and you know, from whatever late seventies, eighties, nineties, it produced these large and prominent churches that almost became the measuring stick uh, for evangelicalism uh, in America. But uh, the, obviously, that's uh, all of those churches put together are not are a small percentage of. Uh, I believe most of the true fruit transformation movement that happens in the church is something that happens below the radar it's, you know it doesn't make and uh doesn't make the news it's not going mm-hmm. to make the news um and so it's you know it's difficult to measure that god is moving he just you know i think there's a lot of churches that are you know churches of 100 or 200 or 300 where a lot of great kingdom things are happening and there's transformation and there's forgiveness and there's redemption but it just doesn't it doesn't make any news and so and and i think a lot of the you know big downward trends are just sort of the things that we measure and you know i think uh i don't know that there were ever you know however many professing christians there were when we started measuring this let's say it's you know 75% in america I mean, we all know there was never a time where 75% of the population practiced Christianity. 
uh, yeah. you know, part of it, I think, is just it became culturally less appealing to call yourself a Christian, especially if you weren't one, really. Yeah. And so some of the some of the none of the above people, they kind of never were, but they'd kind of, well, you know, they went to church on Christmas or something. Um, and so the definition of Christmas became, or Christian became very loose for some of these people, and then they're just discarding it. I'm not sure that's a huge real shift. I mean, it's a shift in the sense that it's no longer appealing to be called a Christian yeah. as it might have been. But in terms of their personal belief, uh, it may not signal very much of a shift at all. Well, uh, in, in in reality, in the way that we're talking about what is measurable, um, what is seen, what's genuine conversion, what's genuine fruit, um, no, there's no real shift. Because if, let's say, a person you know, is an, a cultural Christian and comes to church several times a year, but they're, they're, they're also not professing to necessarily be a genuine Christian, then mm-hmm. there's no shift for that person other than a church attendance marker to say, yeah, mm-hmm. I never, I don't really go to church. It's not useful for me anymore. And I don't, I think what you're saying is also, I don't, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, there right. could be some pruning of the church in right. America of, right. okay, well, it's not really cultural. Uh, Judeo-Christian values are definitely not the center of the culture. Um, they're definitely not, you know, center of the news stories. So, uh, you know, it, it, it actually will cost somebody more to, so there's more genuine conversion, mm-hmm. right? Therefore, there's likely more genuine fruit out in the world. Um, so it's a, it could be a pruning of the church for more effective mission. Yeah. At least a higher percentage of, of, you know, once you, once it becomes less appealing to be a nominal Christian, then obviously the percentage of nominal Christians goes down. Um, and that's not a necess- that's not a bad thing necessarily. Uh, I do think there is, I mean, there are real issues within the church in terms of prioritization of politics or culture, cultural positions over, uh, Christianity. Um, but I don't think that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's our present incarnation of, you know, what tends to be a church, uh, problem. Um, and I think that indicates something, but, and I think it's a challenge for the church. Um, but I do think it doesn't prevent God from doing real things. Uh, and speaking of that, I kind of want to bring up, I mean, one of the, uh, I read a number of articles. I mean, I've been sort of thinking about writing about the a piece about the church and, and so on. And then, and then the whole Asbury thing that the revival at Asbury uh, university mm-hmm. in, in Kentucky, um, uh, and that's a UMC. Uh, is that that's a UMC? Well, uh, it's Wesleyan. It's not UMC. Okay, so it's connected in a sort of yeah. informal way, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, like, and, UMC is more is is Duke and um, Emory. Like those are okay. official. Yeah, so it's not an official UMC. Okay, yeah, but there's a uh, obviously a strong connection um, there. Uh, and so there was a, a revival uh, there that lasted uh, two, three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, several weeks. Um, and uh, you know, lots and lots of people. It did gain some attention, and there was some, uh, you know, write-ups in like New York Times and and not you know not Christianity Today. Obviously, Christianity Today covered it as well. Um, and 
there's a, you know, there's sort of a sense of, um, is this a real thing? Which one understands. I mean, that's, it's a unusual, unpredicted thing. Is it real? And then what does it mean? Uh, you know, does this predict some sort of whatever? And, you know, kind of what I, what I, what I, it was kind of puzzling through as I was thinking about all of this is, you know, all the trends are tending to, you know, if you, all the measurable trends are tending down, but all the real Christian movements are all counter trends. Uh, you know, nobody predicts any real Christian or any real spiritual, you know, transformation. It's not something that's predictable. Mm, yeah. uh, I talk about, you know, Jesus, um, uh, you know, John the Baptist, in jail, not really like, is this, this is not what I expected when the Messiah was going to come and he sends his followers. Are you the one or should we expect another? And Jesus replies by, you know, kind of listing the fruit of spiritual transformation that's happening. You know, Nicodemus, you know, you know, the wind blows where it will. Uh, And, you know, that's how it is with with the spirit. And he's like, how can this be? Um, and in a sense, probably whether it's in somebody's personal life or, uh, in a church, you know, spiritual events aren't predictable really, um, because we don't necessarily make them happen. Um, God makes them happen. Uh, and you know, is that, so is Asbury sort of a picture of kind of all spiritual fruit, um, in the, in the true church that, God moves and stuff happens. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great, uh, you know, comparison. The the statement of, of Jesus to Nicodemus about the wind blowing wherever it pleases. You can't tell where it comes from, where it's going. So it is there when born of the Spirit and spiritual growth, spiritual fruit. Um, it's it's organic. It's invisible. You can't control it. And so let's just contrast, you know, Asbury, who, who they didn't say come and experience revival, right? But there's right. a lot of places, and I've been a part of, of places that's, you know, hey, we're going to have a revival meeting and you meet for right. several nights. And, and right. other, and I'm not criticizing that, but other than a normal worship service and maybe some people recommit their lives or people get saved, and that could be all genuine. But it's not necessarily like what happened at Asbury where um, there was prayer, worship spontaneously, and it and lasted. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't scheduled. Right. And and right. It, it lasted right. for several weeks and people came from a lot of different places to be a part of it. And so, yeah, I think that is a good representation of even our own personal individual spiritual growth. We, we mm-hmm. engage in spiritual disciplines. We you know, pray, we try to grow. Um, but you and I both know that sometimes there's just long seasons of inching along, inching along. And then sometimes there's just breakthroughs that we didn't control and, and we didn't see mm-hmm. it coming. And wow, I, I, it was a whole new level of understanding or depth or love or whatever it is. And I didn't, I didn't manage that. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. It's, it's not manageable. Uh, and yet we do try to, ma- I mean, we do try to manage it to some degree. Um, we try to try to cr- create favorable conditions and so on. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's right. I think that the, the true 
power of the true fruit of the church is, is supernatural. We can pray for it, but we can't, we don't control it. And that's the way it should be. And that's kind of why we continue to stumble forward sometimes in spiritual practices and, you know, worship. And, you know, you, uh, sometimes it, it seems like it, nothing is happening. And then, and then maybe you look back and you see something happened. And sometimes it seems like something's happening. Um, but it's a, it's a reminder that we don't own this thing. Mm. You know, it's not like we're the CEO of some company and we have some, you know, there's, there's all sorts of good things about planning and about, you know, having, having, having a plan, having people working together, all that's fine and good. Uh, and certainly recommended, I mean, more than good. It's, you know, there's not a sense that, you know, everyone just show up at church with no plan and, and, you know, uh, God can move within our plans. Um, they did have a worship service at Asbury and it came out of that. Uh, but the sense that we are controlling things with our plan and therefore, and, and or, so there's, there's that sort of aspect of it. It's uncontrollable. It's unpredictable. We submit ourselves to it. We don't own it. It's not our institution. And mm-hmm. so, and I do think there's the other the kind of corollary to that is it's not, it's not optional that this is God's chosen instrument for his presence in the world right now, as imperfect as it is, it's the church. And I do feel like there's some, some of the trends of the nuns and, uh, and all of that is sort of a, I don't want to be associated with those people which one understands, uh, but in a, I think in a large sense, if you're a Christian, I don't think you really have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I mean, this is what he's called us to do and to be. So maybe you find a different, uh, local expression of that. Um, but at some point you have to identify with an imperfect local expression of his presence, which is the church and the world. And you have to kind of not be at arm's length forever and, you know, afraid of being tainted by the imperfect people there. Um, you kind of have to be in, um, at least that's, I think that's, uh, a scriptural, but counter cultural sentiment. Um, well, what do you think I, I, of that sentiment? Yeah. Well, you just made me think of, um, we tend to think, um, about our situation, uh, as you know, and this may just be conversations I run into. We tend to think about our situation as unique to us, unique to now, and uh, unique to our own historical place and time. But if you look back at the early church, if you look at the Book of Acts, and then you look at the church, uh, the epistles that were written to the church, it is fraught with leadership weaknesses, with uh, church divisions, with sin in the church with immorality and persecution. And there's this question of, well, how will the church continue? And Paul got put in jail. How's the gospel going to continue to spread? And Peter and Paul are disagreeing and all of these Mm -hmm. weaknesses surrounding the church. And yet at the very end of the book of Acts, um, you have this confidence in the gospel that it is growing and bearing fruit. It is growing and bearing fruit. So to me, you know, it's the same situation. It's the same questions and yet, because it's always been fallen and broken people entrusted with the message. 
It's the same thing, you yeah, know, and I think and that's right. Anything, any organization where you're going to start, it doesn't matter who's in charge of it. It's always going to be fallen, broken people entrusted with this message that the message is promised that will continue to grow and spread and, mm-hmm. uh, and bear fruit in the world. And I, and you could just say for argument's sake and look, look where we've come from. Look how far it's, yeah. how far the message has grown. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think if anything, you know, one of the reasons for perhaps the present sentiment is that we forgot that for a while, that we forgot that it's an imperfect, this has always been, and maybe presented ourselves to the world as we've got it all together now, and, you know, we know exactly what we're doing, and, uh, you know, we're better than we really were when, um, you know, we, all of this is always true. And all this is sort of baked into the cake, and it's sort of the mystery of why God chooses the church. Um, and within all of that, God can move. And I think that's what we why we need to keep going forward as people who are part of the church, serving the church, giving to the church, uh, showing up, worshiping, being a part, not being at arm's length. You know, all of these things I think are are asked of us as Christians, and not conditioned on the church being perfect or even really, 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 really good. Yeah. Uh, but whether the church is good or not, you know, we still have to continue to move forward. Uh, and things like Asbury are sort of a reminder of this is what, you know, uh, movement, fruit, growth, you know, restoration, redemption, all of this stuff is stuff that, that God does through his spirit, through the vessel of the church but it's him doing it and we should sign up for that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And if we, you know, if, if we keep the church at an arm's length, we're probably keeping that at an arm's length too, sadly. Um, so, I mean, I do think it's, you can look at it one or two ways. You can look at all the trends and think we're in trouble or you can remember, uh, you know, what you said, this is what the church has always been and God can still move in it and you can be hopeful without being able to predict anything and you continue forward in faith. And I think that's what he calls us to do together. So yeah. uh, so on that note, let's uh, let's land it there. We're at 30 minutes and uh, I could probably continue to talk more about the church and maybe we'll do so at a later time. But thanks, Chad. Thanks for being a part of this convo. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you. Uh, as a fellow practitioner and uh, we will uh, until next time uh, grace and peace to all who are listening check out uh, on culture wherever you find podcasts and check out the embassy at the embassy.substack.com see you later you've been listening to on culture a podcast of the embassy newsletter have a question send it to the embassy at substack.com and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts 